Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 616, air date May 13th, 2020. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayaduri. Good evening. We're going to be starting short, shortly. I'm getting everything ready here. We'll just see who's logging in. We have people coming in on Instagram. Hello, good evening. And we have people coming in on Facebook, on Periscope. Michelle, I think I need that chair. This is way sure. too low. Thank oh, you. Yeah, sure. yeah, we have people coming in on uh, uh, YouTube, Annapolis. People coming in Westminster, Malaysia. Sorry, I'm just switching chairs here. Everywhere. Okay, this is going to be a very interesting talk. We're going to be speaking about adrenochrome, uh, my initial analysis on it, but we're also going to talk about the pineal gland. So, but we'll let people come in. Can you see if Jen is going to be? Uh, no, it's good. We're all set. Um, yeah, we can. We'll just wait until people come in. Just going to stop the cam one second here. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> to get that going. All right, I think we're starting here. All right. Monakam, someone from Tamil Nadu, Annapolis, Malaysia. Where else we have people coming in from? Canada, Philippines, Colorado. Michelle, can I have my tea? Thanks. Michelle made some, Jeremy actually was visiting us, made some wonderful chai tea. He watched the video. Hope everyone had a chance to see that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You made a great job. Jeremy, are you here? Yes. Come on by and say hello to everyone. So Jeremy's here. Jeremy's one of our uh, awesome volunteers. Good friend. Hey, everyone. Jeremy brought some awesome crystals over. He made a great cup of chai tea. <laughs> I learned from the best. So we're going to be starting here. Let me start my thing here. Let's see here. Okay. So we're just going to let people come on in. Set up the slideshow. All right. Okay. I think we're going to start. I think some more people are coming in. Okay. We got a couple hundred people on Instagram. Okay, got it. getting up to a couple thousand people here. So let, let me start. So today I'm going to be um, speaking about a topic that's going to come from a scientific molecular system standpoint. Uh, about three or four weeks ago, I was looking in my inbox and coincidentally, I was speaking to one of my friends in UK, John, and, and it turned out that a lot of people wanted, when they heard about what cytosol really does, which I'll talk about, people said, hey, Dr. Shiva, can you speak about adrenochrome? Um, I knew adrenochrome was a byproduct of an oxidative process that occurs naturally in the body. But then behind adrenochrome was all of this, uh, 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 you know, entire history of it being used uh, by people um, to advance, quote unquote, advance health for other purposes. So I didn't know a lot about that, but I was uh, thought I'd put my best foot forward to really understand it from a science standpoint. 
Um, and what I uncovered was some something very fascinating, and I, and I want to propose a theory here because um, the the um, the uh, uh, news out there in the broad ether is that there are certain sets groups of elites, and this is something I'm just starting to learn about, that basically um, are taking advantage of children, and by uh, putting those children into a state of uh, a flight or fight response and torturing them, the children start producing adrenochrome. And in that state, a process which I don't fully understand enough, that the adrenochrome is extracted and people consume it for their own health and well being, almost a type of quote unquote vampirism. So, anyway, that's sort of in the ether. But I wanted to sort of peel back and come at it from a science standpoint. And that's what I'm going to share here. And what I've, what I'm going to share with you tonight, um, actually, in in a very very interesting way, matches with the molecular science, but it also, interestingly enough, with my own studies of Eastern and Western medicine, it starts matching from what's called the Indian chakra system. So I want I want to uh, also share share that with you. Before I go into that, many of you know that I'm running for United States Senate. And I obviously have to share what I'm doing there because it's an integral part of what I do. And before I go there, I think most of you probably know that there are two things that have always driven my um, life. Um, one part of my life is make sure okay, one part of my life is a, a, the desire to understand science and medicine, particularly motivated by my grandmother in that small village in India. But the other motivation has been politics and change and revolution. I've been a as much a student as I've been of medicine and science, I've been a student of revolutionary movements um, from a system standpoint. And both of those movements, when I step back, I find out that you can take a systems approach to understand change, the physics of change, revolutionary change. You can under, you, also, you can use those same principles to understand any kind of system within the body or for that matter, any any uh, engineering type of system. You can pull over, Jeremy, if you want. You can um, bring yeah. this over or sit down. Yeah. So. Both of those things uh, have been deeply my interest. So when I decided to run for United States Senate, I felt it was very important for me to uh, uh, use my Senate run to also bring what I've actually cared about and make sure it melded with the policies that I wanted to do. And that really is a function that really is expressed in our Senate campaign um, in, a, in a lovely way. It's, it's fortunate when, you, when everything sort of comes together. Um, so if you go to our US Senate site, um, you can pledge to vote for us. Those people in Massachusetts should do this. But at the, if you go to the main page of our Senate page, you'll see that uh, right, right up front, we're very, very uh, always uh, straight about what we do. It says truth, freedom, and health. Um, and as I mentioned before, from a system standpoint, freedom is a basis for truth, which means freedom of discourse, freedom to debate is how we can practice the scientific method to come to truth. And from truth is how we can actually identify real problems and real solutions to get to health. And health is how we can fight for freedom. So this is not just words. It's not some, uh, this is not was not designed by some consultant. This has been sort of my 50 year trajectory to really find how things together. So the reason I'm sharing this is there are people who just think you can hide away and take care of your health. Or they're just people who think I'm only gonna fight for the 1A, 2A, First Amendment, Second Amendment. And there's other people who think I'm just gonna go do my science. The reality is you can't do great science unless you recognize that science has to foster health. You can't do 
really fight for freedom unless you're strong enough, healthy enough to fight for freedom and to know why you're fighting for freedom, which is really to be able to get to truth. And you can't really do truth well if you don't understand you need freedom and why you're doing it. So they're very closely interrelated. So those people uh, and all of you, I encourage you to support our campaign. As many of you know, our campaign for United States Senate has gone beyond just a Senate run. It's become a global movement for truth, freedom and health. And frankly, this has uh, gotten some people very envious, some people very jealous, some people, frankly, very threatened, particularly the not so obvious establishment the people, the celebrities, the Hollywood people, the not so obvious establishment, the Kennedys who think that they own movements. And um, because of my, frankly, very openly uh, uh, uncompromising critique of them, they attempted to do essentially some broad-based Hitler type attacks, big lies, saying that I'm a vaccine maker. What else do they say? That I'm in, in bed with Bill Gates. And I get money from Clinton's. Well, you're making pharmaceuticals. Yeah, I'm making pharmaceuticals. Well, these are uh, unfortunately uh, uh, for them not true. What Cytosoft does, we create mathematical models. In fact, all the business that I do today is with natural product companies. Uh, we've been very forthright right up on our website. You can see it. There's companies like Pfizer who came to us to want to use our models uh, to validate our models. They started some work and then they left. And all of this is quite transparent. However, those in power, particularly the not so obvious establishment like the Kennedys, are so threatened by a guy with this skin color, frankly, uh, who's coming from working class people like Jeremy and I and others uh, leading a movement. They're top down people. So that's why our movement for truth, freedom and health is our movement. It's our movement, meaning your movement and our movement. When, when I say our and your, I'm, I'm talking about working people actually work for a living. We're not talking about the lawyers, we're not talking about the bankers, we're not talking about these people who sit around, move money around, have no skills, they don't know how to do plumbing, electricity, write software, do engineering, nothing. They are the lawyer lobbyists. That is not, if, if you're a lawyer lobbyist, it's not, this movement's not for you. Go get a job, learn a skill, then maybe we'll make you part of this. But if you don't know how to actually do anything in your life and you're actually, um, basically a leech or a parasite, uh, this movement is not for you. And it's pr you probably need to go among your own kind because we're coming after you. Our movement, Shiva for Senate, is about working people rising up to essentially get and win truth, freedom, and health. And so when you go to our website um, and you donate to our campaign, this is not you're just giving me money and then I go run an election. No, I give you something. And one of the important things I give you is this very cool book called System and Revolution. In many ways, it's a consolidation of everything I've learned from the medical system perspective, as well as a revolutionary perspective. And it all comes together. It's an awesome book. Uh, it's an electronic version you can get. And you also get access to this really cool tool called Your Body, Your System, which practices the principles in this tool. And you can literally go to Your Body, Your System and get that. Before I go that, this is 25 bucks, but if you can't afford it, because we know people are under harsh economic times, pay whatever you can. So whatever you can, five, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever you can. Those people who are outside of the United States, you can literally go right to, because you can't donate to a federal campaign. If you wanna get the tool, go right to your body, your system. And what this tool allows you to do, it allows you to apply systems principles to understand what kind of system you are. That's that red dot. And you'll understand this when you go through the book. And then this black dot is how you are disturbed from your system. What forces in your life have taken you away from who you are? And then this, the third aspect lets you understand foods, yoga postures, meditation, 
how these things are actually inputs that can bring you back to you. So that's your body, your system at yourbodyyoursystem.com. Alternatively, you know, you can go right to Shiva for Senate right here and um, you can donate and take advantage of that. Okay. So that's sort of some uh, bookkeeping. I wanted to get out housekeeping. I wanted to get out of the way. So one of the key things you've noticed I mentioned here is the concept of systems. Systems is what has really driven my life to really understand medical systems, political systems, et cetera. And it's a journey that uh, brought me to MIT, uh, to creating the first, before that, to creating the first email system in the world. Uh, when I was a 14 year old kid in Newark, New Jersey, working weights, what brought me into MIT in and out, did four different de degrees in different fields of engineering systems from design to electrical engineering, mechanical engineering and biological engineering. And that trajectory is what brings me here to you today. So my goal is to really teach you guys how to think systems, because when you start thinking systems, you go beyond left or right, beyond Republican or Democrat, beyond anti or pro, and you start seeing things as they are. Um, I'll be talking some of the Eastern methodologies, and I'll talk more about it. People said, Dr. Shiva, can you teach us different meditation techniques, et cetera, I will. But one of the important, the purposes of meditation in its purest form, from a scientific standpoint, was to observe and see things as they are, you or the universe. So if you look at the scientific method, you first are taught to observe something, observation. So you see an apple fall from the tree. That's, the, that's where the scientific method begins. And, and it goes on from observation to making a guess why you think that apple fell, then you do experiments and you gather data, you build models and you see if your model matches your observation, et cetera. But anyway, it begins with observation. Now, observation is interesting because you have to see things as they are, not as you want them to be. You can't wear rose-colored glasses. You can't wear yellow-colored glasses. You have to see things as they are. So one of the uh, meditation forms, which is now available all over the world, is called Vipassana meditation. I practice various forms where you learn to first observe sensations in your body, and then you, then you go through a process of refinement where you actually see things as they actually are. Okay. And that is ultimately the purpose of science or spirituality. So there are many things that come in the way of seeing things as they are. The not so obvious establishment. We have the, with the entire uh, fake news media. Um, you have fake science, but the purpose in many ways of life is to remove those veils so we can see things as they are. Now, systems thinking is a way to get to that where you start learning how to connect the dots you see connections and you see patterns of connections and then truth emerges from that. That's why I'm a big guy in system. So let me um, start by literally jumping right in and going to this presentation I put together um, for everyone here. Let's see if I can go here, I think here. Okay, so um, if you go to my personal website, by the way, it's called vashiva.com and you can see all the different things I work on. Um, I don't know why this is doing this. Let's go here. Um, and I encourage you to take time to, time to go there. But um, if you go to the website, vashiva.com, you'll see the background and the invention of email. You see what I just shared with you running for Senate. But you'll also see the fact one of the cool technologies I developed is a very powerful technology for doing mathematical modeling of all different kinds of uh, biological functions. Um, not only in the human body, but in plants. In fact, we used Cytosol several years ago to show how genetic, how when genetic engineering occurs, 
how it perturbs molecular pathways inside of plants to result in down-regulation of glutathione and antioxidant and up-regulation of formaldehyde. It was over a series of five papers. It was a tremendous amount of work we did, but cytosol is really a way to model life. That's, that's what it is. And um, uh, today I use it uh, for a whole range of natural products development. We have really cool companies who come to us. We make really cool discoveries. And for me, it's getting back to what my uh, grandmother inspired me to do. But that's what Cytosol is. But I wanna walk you through uh, the fact that what we do is to recognize that your body is different, my body is different. So the goal is with Cytosol, our goal is to discover the right medicine, starting with food, for the right person at the right time. And the technology is really, as you see, a te technology for modeling biological functions, meaning we can mathematically model chemical reactions inside the body to discover medicines faster, cheaper, and safer while eliminating the need for animal testing. This is the way that the very, very medieval dumb... Oh, really? Um, someone's saying YouTube is frozen. That may just be for her. Let me just ask people. Um, is YouTube frozen for everyone? Or just some people? No, nope, people look like they're okay on YouTube. Yeah, um, that may be for her, Jeremy. Okay. Um, but I'm live here. So, um, so what you see here is that when you look at this, the current model of pharmaceutical development, or for that matter, product development, is you find a new compound. Uh, typically, a compound is like a drug that does not exist in nature or a single compound like melatonin or adrenochrome, things like this. Typically, people will test in a test tube. Let's say they want to test cancer. They'll take a drug and they'll drop it in a test tube, which has a lot of cancer cells. And if it kills the cancer cells, then they'll go and test it in animals, kill a lot of animals here. And if they make it through this, then they go to the FDA right at this process here. And they say, hey, FDA, can you give us the rights to go test on humans? Phase one, phase two, phase three. Now, what's interesting is less than 20% of what enters phase one actually even makes it, which means if they could have done this better, they wouldn't have even had to go test on humans. It's a one to $5 billion process. It's really difficult to, they're, they're not finding any new molecules and it's impossible for them to learn how to do combinations in this non-personalized. And this is a result of it, that they're spending more and more money on trying to find drugs and they're finding less and less new molecules. In fact, this is another graph. The saffron line here is their R&D spending, less and less new drug approvals. So even the FDA is recognizing that the drugs that pharma's producing um, are toxic and not safe. So less and less new drugs are being approved. This is why, as I mentioned before, the big push is to do vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. And John Kennedy is a guy who created the National Vaccination Act. Then his brother is the one who was instrumental with others, Henry Waxman, Ted Kennedy, to put forward the National Vaccine Injury Program. And then you got Robert Kennedy running around claims, well, acts like he's, you know, for against you know, mandated vaccines, but he's a little more clever. He's actually is pro-vaccine. He wants policies for vaccines, you know, for full vaccination, go see his video, but he wants to create another regulatory body within the government for quote unquote safe vaccines. Bottom line is they want the government involved in our lives. Big difference between he and me and the people who, who are following the movement for truth, freedom and health. And I don't know what that is, is that we don't believe the government should be involved. We believe the 1962 act that John Kennedy created should go away. Health is very, it's a very complex system. What's right for you may not be right for me. This is why health must be decentralized back to the individual and we must uh, decentralize healthcare. Big, big difference. So, um, so what you see here 
is that this is the fundamental problem. So when I came back to MIT in 2003, something interesting was happening. The genome project around 2003 right here just ended. When it started in 1993, we thought we had about 100,000 genes. It turns out we only have 20,000 genes. And this was a big flip in biology because we thought what made a human being more complex than a worm, we knew a worm had only 20,000 genes, was a number of genes. Well, look at what happens. We only have 20,000 genes. We have the same number of genes as a worm. And this flipped biology on its head in 2003 and it was a big revolution. People said, wait a minute. The old biology was if you had this gene, you're gonna get this disease. The new biology said, wait a minute, it's not the genes. Just because you have this gene to cause this doesn't mean that's gonna occur. Maybe the food you eat, maybe the environment you're in, maybe the toxins, maybe what you think can turn on and turn off genes, which means genes are, in, contr are controlled by other types of things, other proteins, other nucleic acids. And so it's really much more of a complex system. So this led into, um, into this phenomenon called systems biology. And so when I came back to MIT, this phenomenon was taking place. This is from a Peter Hunter slide at Oxford and Auckland where Peter said, if you're going to build a whole system of understanding of the human being, you have to go from proteins, from genes to proteins, and you have to interconnect all these different things, cells and tissues, et cetera. And at that time in 2003, when I came back to MIT, um, to uh, the goal was a grand challenge that the National Science Foundation put forward was, could you mathematically model the whole human cell. Imagine if you could model the whole human cell. What that meant was imagine if you see the cell as not just genes, but a, a mixed reactor of all these chemical reactions, all these what are called molecular pathways. And here's um, a way of looking at it. Now remember, biologists spend their whole lives just studying one little piece of it. In, in fact, this is one piece. This is called a biological pathway. Chemical A reacts with chemical B to get chemical C, which reacts with another chemical. It's like those John Madden football diagrams. If you watch football in the United States, this is called a biological pathway. Now, using chemical concepts, these pathways can be converted to mathematical, um, mathematical equations. And that's through a process called the Michelson-Menten equation or through physical chemistry. You can literally convert these diagrams to predictive models. So when I came into this field, I said, wow, imagine if we could integrate systems of systems of models, then you could actually model complex things. And this was seen as an impossible problem, but that's what I set out to do for my PhD work. And, and that's what I ended up doing. I took a very interesting approach. I said, if you wanted to create these very complex models, because remember, if we could model disease on the computer, we could eliminate the need for animal testing. We could understand risk and toxicity and what works way ahead in the development cycle. Just like my grandmother did in that mortar and pestle or Jeremy did when he made the chai tea, we mix cloves, we mix cinnamon, we mix what else? ginger, um, we threw in cardamom. cardamom, we threw in peppers. These are all very complex combinations, but we know when you combine them in the right way for the right person, you can lower inflammation, you can increase antibacterial effects, et cetera. So the goal is if you can model uh, things on the computer, we can actually figure out all sorts of things. So that was really what Cytosol was really about. And um, I'm not sure why it's doing this all the time, but there it is. But what we were able to do was um, Cytosol was that development. And the approach I took was an interesting approach. If this blue circle denoted a disease or this blue circle denoted a co the, the whole cell, 
Uh, imagine that cell being composed of a lot of these ball and stick diagrams. If I could keep them as small models, because if they get too big, it becomes impossible, and create a mathematical way of integrating them. And that's what I did here. I just got it. And that was really Cytosol. Cytosol was a whole approach to um, model molecular pathways in a very, very different way. It's okay. I think it'll be fine for another 10 minutes. Um, um, so that's what Cytosol was. And I wrote a paper on it. And then what we realized was that we had really figured out a way to do what big pharma was doing in a medieval way, was to really take compounds, not just a single one, model it on the computer long before we went and hurt animals or anything. So we could figure out what worked or not by mining existing research and integrating them. And by the way, this is how we build airplanes. We don't just throw a pilot in. We don't go to wind tunnel testing. We do everything on the computer. We save a lot of lives. We figure out stuff. So just to be clear, Cytosol is a mathematical, um, mathematical modeling tool. It's, it's, we create mathematical models. We don't make vaccines. Any idiot who says that is a freaking idiot, okay? Or has another agenda because they're involved with big pharma. They're involved with people like Hillary Clinton, okay? So it's also what, an effective tool to find natural ways to become healthy. You can use all kinds of naturally occurring resources, dietary supplements. It's not just about building pharmaceuticals to make money off of. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the most important things. I did this as a real legacy to my grandmother. People know I've been involved since I was a four-year-old kid. And I saw my grandmother observing people, mixing stuff together. The problem is the Western model is not designed for combination therapy. It's not designed to even understand food. But with Cytosol, I can take you know hundreds of phytochemicals. In fact, one of our really cool uh, companies that came to us, a company called Juice Plus. Juice Plus literally takes, I don't know if you know what they do, they literally take juice and they dry it. I found and 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 they found that it lowers low-grade inf inflammation. Um, they were really interested in understanding why it works. They'd done, I think, 20, 30 years of clinical work proving that their product, which is basically juice, berries, or 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 uh, you know greens, when you dry them and you take it, it has amazing effects in lowering inflammation. Well, what we did with Cytosol was we modeled all the pathways of low-grade inflammation. Now, this product has over 130 different chemicals. And in combination, we were able to find out why it worked. So to Jeremy's point, that's what Cytosol is cool for. And, and that's why we'll be able to sort of, when we talk about stuff, we're able to do it in a very different way. So let me go back here. So Cytosol, that's what Cytosol is. Cytosol is really a tool for understanding this kind of phenomenon. Okay. So let me go here and bring back here. Okay. So, uh, all right, there we go. All right, so um, when you look here, um, we're able to take lots and lots of papers in a field, curate them, extract out the mechanisms, build overall architecture and figure things out. So what I'm gonna share with you today is a architecture for looking at adrenochrome. And I believe what I've discovered here is a way to explain from a molecular system standpoint what people have been in the ether, what I'm saying in the ether of the internet and the ether of social media talking about, meaning that the general thesis here is that uh, what I've heard, and again, I haven't had a chance to validate this. Uh, that's why I got so many emails, people saying, Dr. Shiva, can you talk about this from a science standpoint? But what it, if you think about it, is that when, when a animal 
is, and it's what is called flight or fight response, which means, let's say, for example, a lion is chasing a zebra. It's flight or flight. It's under massive amounts of adrenaline flow, right? Because that's what adrenaline is. And we'll talk about that. Now, in order for adrenochrome to be created, we'll talk about it, you need not just adrenaline, but you need an oxidative species, okay? And this is what I think I've made an interesting discovery here, that oxidative uh, reduction process cannot occur if there's also not anxiety. So what I've heard in the ether again, I, don't, I haven't verified it, is that these elites, some very nasty people, are doing child trafficking of children they first of all scare basically they they frighten them which is get them into the flight or fright flight response which creates adrenaline and then somehow the adrenochrome is being created okay and i'm going to talk to you about my thesis that i think i've discovered how this is happening and being able to explain that but fundamentally this is the approach that um uh that i do with cytosol okay that we're able to mine these papers, build theoretical architectures. Let me go back here to explain some very complex stuff. Before I go there, I want to take a step back. As I mentioned to you, I, separate from the science stuff, separate from you know traditional Western medicine, I've been a big study of all types of Eastern methods. I've been meditating in all different forms since I was a four or five-year-old kid. I've studied with all different teachers of the Eastern tradition. But in the Eastern systems of medicine, there are two very interesting glands. I'm not gonna have a chance to go through the entire chakra system, but what you will learn is that in traditional systems of medicine, and I have two books that are in the pipeline uh, that I'm finishing up, but in, um, and this comes from a website, which I've referenced here, reikiportetheth.net, so I thank them for that. But um, your body in the Eastern system of medicine is composed of chakras. The lower chakra, which is called the Muladhara chakra, and, and there's all the different names for these chakras and they have colors to this Sahasara chakra, which is your crown chakra. And each one of these chakras, there's a whole thesis on it in the Western medical system. We don't even talk about it, but there is, I believe, a physical basis for this, which I've done some research on, which I'll do a whole nother session on. But these are these different chakras. Now, in Traditional systems of medicine, in the original form, you were supposed to integrate all of these chakras. But over time, what ended up happening was different people created their own schools of yoga. Some people just focused on the heart chakra, right? Some people would focus on the throat chakra. Some people should focus on the crown chakra. Some people should focus on the root chakra and so on. So even yoga and meditation itself has become sort of reduced into multiple forms. There is very little integrated yoga, just like we have in medicine, everything's been shattered. So don't um, don't have your illusions that even the Eastern systems have been shattered into multiple forms. But what you notice here is that what I wanna focus on is a root chakra and the crown chakra, okay? The root chakra and the crown chakra. And what I wanna posit to you today is that the root chakra is uh, according to, let me go over here, if you notice here, this is the, again, a different way of looking at the chakras. This comes from Rasaya Yoga Cafe.blogspot. So thank them for this diagram. But you have the root chakra here and you have the crown chakra here and all this. So this is what's called ch chakra one. We go to, this is chakra one, chakra two, chakra three, four, five, um, and you know, six, uh, sorry, six here and seventh. Now what's interesting is in different traditions, they label the chakras differently, but 
this is a tradition that I'm used to where the base chakra is associated, as you notice, with the adrenal glands, okay? Adrenals, you see that? It is known as the base chakra, sort of the, the chakra, some people call it the primal chakra, down at the bottom of, uh, of your, uh, you know, base of, of your essence of who you are. The crown chakra is associated with the pineal gland. You notice there are two glands here, the pituitary and the pineal, okay? The pineal is associated with chakra seven, the pituitary with chakra six, okay? So this, just keep this in mind. Now, when, um, when in, in the meditative process, um, there are, as I mentioned, there are various ways that you can uh, pursue these different arts of yoga. One form of yoga is called kundalini yoga, kundalini, which means you focus on, it says that there is a, an energy at your base of your spine, and the idea is to uncoil that, and through that uncoiling process, you turn on all the different chakras and you achieve enlightenment. Now, those people who start studying kundalini, many years ago, I studied with one of the great kundalini masters who passed on about five, ten, five years ago. But he said, you have to be very careful with the kundalini energy. It is a very, very, it could be a very destructive energy. It's very primal. It could be, it could, uh, in, in the in traditional systems of Indian yoga, it's considered uh, one of those things you don't fool around with, okay? Uh, it could be dangerous. People can go crazy. People can go, listen to this very carefully, schizophrenic, and they'll come back to this, okay? You can literally hurt yourself. Now, there are other uh, chakras that you can focus on. Uh, for example, one type of yoga is called bhakti yoga, B-H-A-K-T-H-I, which is focused on the heart chakra. So the heart chakra idea is that's connected in between the other chakras. You focus on the heart, which is love, devotion, to service, and that's one way to achieve enlightenment. The other way is you focus on the crown chakra using your pineal gland, um, and we'll talk about that. The reason I wanna talk about this is from the, so I had I have a little bit of a different perspective. When I look at this, I see that you there's a there's a base chakra where the adrenal glands are involved, adrenochrome. We'll talk about this, and then the crown chakra, which is a pineal gland and melatonin. And the reason I put in this tweet is these are two very different chemicals. Melatonin, as we'll talk hear about, really comes from meditation, from peace. It's involved. It's something that comes out of a calmness at night in darkness when melatonin is released, when you meditate, melatonin is released. It is a thing. If you meditate regularly, you will notice that, I mean, this is a real phenomenon. You will see a blue light as you close your eyes. And that blue light, some people say, is your portal to enlightenment. But it is the melatonin being released. It is a, a pathway in the Eastern traditions to enlightenment. Now, if you start at the base chakra, it's a very, very different approach but it's much more primal I said primal as that could be very dangerous, okay? So I wanted to give you that Eastern background because it'll give you some background to uh, what I'm gonna share from now the Western side. And I'm gonna put my hat on as the MIT trained systems biologist because most of the MIT guys, what I just said, they'd, they'd probably say, what the guy, what the hell is this guy saying? We should never have given him his PhD out of MIT, okay? Um, unfortunately, they gave me my PhD, so for them. So let me go back to this. So if we look at it here, I'm gonna now take the Western approach, okay? The cytosol approach, right? Which is where we look at it. Jeremy, I'm gonna ha have you, if you can just stand right there and just uh, connect this, let me give that. One second, Jeremy. 
No, we just need that kind of go through here, put it through here. Oh, really? That's a good so. idea. Hold on, we have will it hold here? An engineering approach. Oh. oh, I don't think. Well, let's see. Oh, right there. Yeah. Okay. So Jeremy's helping me connect here. Is that gonna hold? You may need to hold it, Jeremy, for me. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. Is that gonna hold? Um so hello everyone. So um uh Can you see it? Yeah. So what you so what you see here for those of you on Instagram, you can also log in here and see it on online. But what you're seeing here is now I'm going to jump to sort of the Western approach to do this. Okay. And yeah, so people have asked about Wi-Fi and 5G. So um, and I'll talk about that from my knowledge that I have. So I'm just not making stuff up because I don't really like to do that because it actually hurts the science. Excellent, Jeremy. Thanks. So what you see here is that uh, when you look at the pineal gland, where is it physically in the body, okay? Um, what you see here is that here, you, you, you can see that the pineal gland is literally above, I mean, the, the pineal gland is a little uh, pea-sized thing uh, next to your pituitary, above your pituitary, and it's behind your hypothalamus. It's back here, okay? And we'll get into it. And then you have your adrenal glands, which literally ride above your kidneys, okay? that That's where the ad adrenal glands are, adrenal and pineal glands, okay? Okay, so um, this is what's called the endocrine system. You have various glands, hypothalamus, pituitary, uh, thyroid, thymus, pancreas, adrenals, but the adrenal glands in the Indian system, as I mentioned, are denoted as the root chakra, chakra one, pineal gland is a crown chakra, okay? Now, let's go into the pineal gland. So where, now the pineal gland, this was once dubbed, okay, the third eye. Now what's fascinating is when I took in my PhD program many years ago, I took a, the PhD neuroscience course and I remember the professor, I believe her name was Susan Corcoran, Corcoran and she said, oh, the pineal gland, remember we were studying the brain, and she said, oh, the pineal gland is a useless I gland. I where you're going with this. What? And they, <laughs> it's and, useless, right? Yeah, she said it's a useless and, and, you know, people used to call it the seed of soul. And, you know, I sort of was remarking at the arrogance of this person because as someone who meditated regularly, I could actually, I knew the power of the pineal gland, the experience I had with it. But anyway, Western, and by the way, the pineal gland is the last gland in the endocrine system that's been discovered and really studied. So it's, they don't even know enough about it, but I'll, I'll share with you some stuff we do know that's just come out, frankly, in the last 20 years. Um, I got interested in the pineal gland about 1980, late 80s, when, you know, while I was a student at MIT, I used to do different research projects. Um, one of the interesting things was um, people have asked about 5G, but I want to take to longer than that because I have some experience in this. Uh, some of you may remember that people were putting down power lines, you know, those big high tension wires. Yes. And then a lot of people are concerned, do those high tension wires cause cancer? Do they affect the pineal gland? And um, again, very little was known, but I remember doing research at the time and there was so little research. This was, that research was funded by the, I think the European Power and Research Company. Obviously they probably wanted to show that there was nothing going on, okay? Uh, on the pine uh, with the pineal gland, okay. But what I did find at that time, a paper done in Israel, which I'll get to, showed that the pineal gland is actually piezoelectric, piezoelectric, okay. And I'll explain what that means. 
But um, again, you can see it's present in the brain of most vertebrates. It's dubbed as a third eye. It's really the posterior aspect of the cranial fossa in the brain, which means it's way deep in there, okay? And it's deep in the center of the brain. Uh, it's very small, it's 0.1 grams, okay? 0.8 centimeters, you know, one centimeters, um, you know, one inch is 2.54 centimeters, right? One inch is, so if you think about a third of that, which would be about 0.8 centimeters. So the pineal gland is about a third of an inch. It's really small. If you want to, I mean, it's about, if you want to think about it, it's about that big, okay? And it weighs less than, it's about a tenth of a gram. Very small gland, but um, the other part of it is it produces a hormone melatonin as well as 5-methoxytryptophan, okay? That's, so it produces this and it regulates what's called the circadian rhythm of sleep and the regulation of reproductive hormones. Some of you may know, I've talked about this, one of my first projects when I was working in that medical school as a 14-year-old kid was to look at the circadian sleep patterns of babies. And I was doing modeling, this was when I was 14 years old while I was building that email system. Uh, as a 14-year-old kid, I was looking at sleep patterns of babies and trying to predict the onset of an apnea where the baby would stop breathing. But the point is, the pineal gland, we now know is uh, involved in that entire sleep process. Uh, in fact, if you don't sleep well, uh, meditation could be valuable for you, okay? It's a way to reset your sleep patterns. We'll also see that uh, people who don't sleep well, night shift workers, that their pineal gland can go off and it can cause different disturbances. So in my view, if you wanna start looking at electromagnetic radiation, um, instead of talking about you know, the conspiracy theories of it, which actually hurt the science, which is what a lot of the not so obvious establishment do, right? They bring up conspiracy theories, but the reality is that this electrical magnetic waves, in my view, affects the pineal gland because it actually can take electricity in, convert it to mechanical action, mechanical action to electricity, and I'll talk about that. But it regulates the reproductive hormones. Now, this is the structure of melatonin. If you wanna understand it, it has what's called a couple of rings. It's got a six ring structure here, and I don't wanna get into all the biochemistry. It's got a five ring structure. It's got a, you know, a nitrogen group here, but this is called N-acetyl-5-methoxytryptamine. That is the official, um, you know, organic, um, oops, let me make this a little bit bigger, the organic chemistry definition of, of melatonin, all right? Um, and melatonin is biogenic amine that is found in animals. It also occurs in plants and microbes. So it's quite interesting. It occurs in a lot of different places and it synthesizes, I'll show you from tryptophan and serotonin. So for example, you know, when people say, oh, you know, you have your turkey meal, you get tryptophan, you get calmed down. Um, well, tryptophan is one, uh, turkey is one source of that and, and serotonin and melatonin secretion is increase in darkness and decrease in light. You spend a lot of stuff around all these light things, you're gonna have less melatonin. I'm not only talking about 5G or electric power, but just lights, all the blue light that we get, okay? So it's increased in darkness. That's why yogis would go into caves. That's why the more we can get into darkness, pure darkness out in the country. I mean, when I used to go to my grandparents' village, it was the deepest sleep I would ever get. I mean, dead sleep. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, people should note this because yeah. if you sleep with lights on, even clocks or night lights or even outside lights that are on, it's going to affect your sleep. Yeah. So sleep... So melatonin is, is, and remember, this melatonin 
controls all sorts of different biological processes in your body. And for those chemists there, so if you take tryptophan, tryptophan is this chemical, if you see the structure here, um, it's got an aldehyde group here, and tryptophan hydroxylase converts tryptophan to serotonin, and then uh, AA and NT, this is another set of enzymes, converts it to melatonin. So you go from tryptophan, um, which you can get from foods, um, different types of uh, nutrients, converts it to serotonin, and serotonin creates melatonin. Now, some people uh, will take melatonin supplements. I don't know if you guys have seen it. So some people are taking melatonin supplements. So and if you read many of the supplement stuff, they say you should be careful that you don't take it long term. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want um, the, the melatonin to suppress your own pineal glands ability to create. This right. is like bodybuilders taking testosterone. Um, if you take testosterone, which is some people do, guess what happens? Your testes start shrinking because your testes think that I don't need to have, you know, I don't need to produce anything anymore. Okay. So, but the point is, did you want to say something, Jeremy? Yeah. No, you got it. Yeah. So, so we need to understand that there is a chemical process on how your body actually creates it. This is sort of the natural way. So one could argue if you feed your body tryptophan and your other enzymes are here, it'll create it but this is sort of the natural synthesis process. Um, so um, what is it? Now melatonin has a regulatory function, okay? It regulates sleep. It's an effective antioxidant. People should understand. It regulates mood. It regulates learning and memory. It regulates immune activity, which is what happens when you get proper sleep. So we're all stressed out we, with this COVID-19 stuff. We're under fear, wearing around with masks not knowing who to trust, I can guarantee you that you're not getting a lot of good sleep. <laughs> okay, it's affecting your immune activity. And this is why these people like Fauci and the Gateses and the Hillary Clintons, all who are behind this, by the way, Hillary Clinton included, who, by the way, I, I have to remind people, Mr. Kennedy voted for three times, endorsed her, um, etc. Okay, it affects your dreaming. It affects your, uh, Jeremy, can you get me the plug for this? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, from over there. It's, it's, I left it down there. It's over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. It's a uh, apple plug. Fertility and reproduction, aging and pain. So I can plug it right here, Jeremy. Uh, so, so melatonin has many, many different effects. It's not, uh, it's a very powerful molecule. Now in the Indian system of medicine, melatonin was known as an anti-aging molecule. So when people meditated uh, in all the ancient Siddha writings, they used to talk about why it's important to reach the mountaintop to, uh, they put it in poetic terms, why it's good to get to the mountaintop and get to the mango tree because a mango tree oozes out when you pluck the mango a certain, um, you know, a certain yellow chemical, a certain white chemical. Well, what they were saying in allegorical terms was that it's important that you reach the mountaintop of yourself and when you do, your body will release melatonin, Okay. So melatonin has been known by yogis, by rishis, by uh, me, uh, traditional medicine people as a very, very powerful molecule for enlightenment, for anti-aging, for all those very powerful things, which we could do a whole lecture on, okay? But that's what I wanted to walk you through, that this is the pineal gland is about calmness. It's about releasing melatonin. Now, remember I told you the paper I came across, and this is to the people who want to get a direction of where I'm coming from with 5G, uh, is that... Turns out the pineal gland is a piezoelectric crystal. It's a piezoelectric crystal. 
Um, one of my master's degrees is in the field of wave propagation. My master's, in fact, I did in the field of piezoelectric ultrasonic signals. If you ever go to an ultrasound machine, and if you ever go, if you have a, you go to the doctor and they do the ultrasound, well, the ultrasound um, machine actually uses a crystal. They send a mechanical wave. I'm, I'm sorry, they send an electrical wave, which is here, which creates a pressure wave, which is an ultrasonic wave that goes into your body and the pressure wave reflects, and then you can gather um, what's going on inside the body. But piezoelectric crystals, where if you put a pressure, a mechanical pressure, it creates electricity. Alternatively, you can put an electrical current and it'll create a, uh, a sound wave, okay? Because what is sound? Sound is a mechanical wave. Piezo means, um, uh, it, it means uh, it's mechanical, mechanical stress, and electric means electric. So there, there's magnetoelectric crystals where you put ma magnetic energy, it creates electric. There's piezomagnetic. I mean, nature has all these different ways of doing conversion of energy from one form to another. So in, in this case, only uh, certain materials possess the piezoelectric effect. Mechanical stress generates electrical potential across the opposite sides of a crystal. Conversely, if electricity is passed through the crystal, converts electrical energy to mechanical vibration. Let me tell you that one of the powerful areas you'll find in piezoelectricity is your own body, fascia. In your own body is actually piezoelectric. Uh, many years ago when I went to a rolfer, have you been to a rolfer? Hmm. Rolfing is very different than massage. Rolfers don't move around your muscle, they actually move around your fascia, F-A-S-C-I-A. Well, this guy was pushing mechanical pressure on my fascia because it's deeper, it's one of the deepest massages you can get. And I felt a literally an electrical wave, Jeremy, go through my body and to everyone listening. And it turns out a piezoelectric crystal, yes, fascia is piezo, it's piezoelectric. So when you put pressure, it generated electrical wave, okay? So it turns out the pineal gland is piezoelectric. So if an electric wave comes, let's say an ENM radiation, 5G, 4G electrical, your body will create a mechanical wave internally. And when you start learning how to meditate, you learn how to do what you learn how to pump the cerebrospinal fluid, which is a mechanical wave up through your spine. Um, and that cerebrospinal wave can support in meditation process to open up the pineal gland. Okay. But to me, when I started connecting the dots, it became very clear that it makes sense why the pineal gland is piezoelectric. Now it's shown to possess, so the pineal gland has piezoelectric effect and there's many in interesting applications of piezoelectric effect. We use an ultrasound, sonar, musical instruments, etc. Now, this is a real effect. So when you talk about 5G, my theory on this is that the pineal gland is where we should be looking at because, and we should look at the different waves and this should be an area of research we should be conducting. We don't know which types of waves affect which types of pressure waves in there, but this is some research that needs to be done. I'll be doing another series on this because we're putting that research together. But today I wanted to give you this to let you know that I've been doing this uh, exactly. 5G disrupts the third eye. There you go. Someone just said it. Okay. Now look at this paper that came out in cancer cause control, circadian disruption, shift work and the risk of cancer, summary of the evidence and studies. This paper is an interesting paper. It really shows people do shift work. They're awake during the night. They're not getting the pineal glands operation, higher evidence of cancer. This was quite an interesting one and for women. 
night shift work, light at night, and the risk of breast cancer. Look at this 60% increase in breast cancer. That's what this paper showed. I'm sorry, 14, 14% increase for each night per week, okay? Increase in breast cancer. And here you see 60% increase for graveyard shift workers, okay? Because when you are getting all that light at night, your pineal gland is off. It's not producing the melatonin it needs, okay? And you're so, probably attempting to sleep during the day. And you're attempting to sleep during the day, which is now light, when you're, unless you go into a totally dark area. So this is where we should be focused on if we want to focus on 5G. And that's sort of the a very different systems approach I want to bring to you, okay? So that's the, so that's the pineal gland. So the pineal gland... Oops, I forgot to share this with you guys. Let me go back to this. Okay. I don't want to jip you guys of these diagrams here. Took a long time to make these. So let me go back here. Uh, so what I was talking about was here is this, the piezoelectric uh, diagram where you put pressure, you get electrical wave being generated here. This is a paper that came out on the circadian rhythm, uh, how disruption of the circadian rhythm. By the way, circadian rhythm is a rhythm of your body. Your body has a vibration. Okay, when it likes to get up, when it likes to go, go to sleep. Um, and then here's the night shift work and late night work paper showing that the highest risk of getting breast cancer because you throw off the pineal gland. Let's go to the adrenal gland. Okay, now, now with that background, I know everyone's waiting for adrenochrome. Um, mm -hmm. So I wanna make sure I gave you that background. So what I just shared with you is the pineal gland in my view from the Eastern tradition and even from the Western tradition now, is the gland that's involved in calming the body. It's the thing that controls a beautiful vibration of your entire body, okay? Let's go to the adrenal gland, which is, by the way, if you take, if you go to the back of your, if you put your hands in the back of your hips, um, that's where your kidneys are, and above the kidneys are the adrenal glands, okay? And this is a picture of them, okay? Here's your kidney, and these there's these small glands, and there's at least, um, most vertebrates at least have one adrenal gland, and it's the center of fight or flight, okay? It's a center of fight or flight. Just think about that. It's a center of fight or flight, all right? And it's on top of each kidney, and there's two distinct tissues here. There's a medulla, um, and then there's a cortex. And this is a little bit bigger than the um, pineal gland. It's about three centimeters wide, five. So if you want to, for people who know inches, about one inch, roughly about one inch wide, and about two inches in length and about you know half an inch thick and it weighs seven to ten grams okay so it's it's about ten times I, I should bet a hundred times bigger right 0.1 grams is the weight of the the uh, pineal gland this is about a hundred times bigger than that it's ten grams okay and more dense and much more dense much more dense right now what does it now remember we talked about the pineal gland controls the circadian rhythm but the adrenal glands control your blood sugar levels, the balance of salt and water, it, the fight or flight response. It's a response to stress. It controls your blood pressure. Um, it's very important for maintaining pregnancy. And it's also important in initiating and controlling sexual maturation during childhood and puberty. So it has, as you can see from the Indian tradition, it controls what's called a lower chakras, sexual mat mat you know, maturation, um, uh, you know, and the flight or fight response. It's a primal response. So if you want to think about it, if the if the um, crown chakra is your what you call your enlightened being, okay, mm -hmm. the this is your primal being, 
okay? The animal part of you, okay? Will to survive. The will to survive. Uh, it's very, very uh, animalistic, okay? Now, from a biological standpoint, it is involved in the production of hormones, mineral, corticoids, corticosterone, aldosterone, 11 deoxycorticosterone, what we call cortisol, okay? Glucocorti um, glucocorticoids. So when they pay, you know, when you get cortisol coming coming into you from stress, androgens, DHEA, very important for men, you know, for, for men to have their testosterone, their, their desire to want to fight and, and their will. Um, that's where testosterone, uh, the precursor for, from, from DHEA. Catecholamines like adrenaline, which we'll talk about. But in the Chinese system of medicine, just to take a step back here, you know, beyond the Siddha system of medicine, I spent probably six years studying Chinese system of medicine. Now, in the Indian tradition, you know, you put a, a lot of effort on liver, you know, uh, you know, those organs. But in the Chinese system, they always put it on the Jing. They call it the Jing in things like uh, Kong. You're trying to support your Jing, which they say comes from your kidneys or the water element, which is your adrenals, which is your base chakra. Okay. So it's a very interesting thing. Um, so I just want to let you know that these different systems of medicine had attention where they would put their efforts into. Um, the Chinese system was the, the Jing element. They felt like your energy came from here. Again, in the Indi some Indian systems of yoga, they put it on the lower chakra, okay? So here's adrenaline, also known as epinephrine, okay? Adrenaline is a biogenic catecholamine. You don't need to know what that means, but it's a class of compounds which are called catecholamines and it's synthesized from tyrosine and dopamine. So in order to make adrenaline, you need tyrosine and dopamine. And the glucocorticoids, which are stress hormones, increases this, the synthesis of adrenaline. So your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, what's known as your HPA axis, that sends down glucocorticoids and that increases the synthesis of adrenaline. You see a tiger coming at you or a lion chasing you. Well, that sends a series of signals and your body makes adrenaline. So, so when we talk about the stuff out there in the ether about what's happening to these kids, I want you to start appreciating it's stress. It's the flight or fright response. Your body goes, oh my God. Imagine a, a kid being you know, harassed or chased around or potentially the kid thinks it's gonna be killed, right? Or something like that. Uh, or an animal, it's gonna start releasing adrenaline. As, as we say, adrenaline initiates a fight or flight response. And again, you can see this as a benzene ring in here, two OH groups. Here's the, another OH, a hydroxy group and a nitrogen group here, okay? So this is adrenaline. That's what it looks like from an organic synthesis standpoint, okay? Yes, yeah, some, someone said, can you touch on oxidative stress? You, you read my mind, we're gonna talk about it. Uh, Kathleen, you must, your pineal gland is working well, okay? Uh, <laughs> So now let's go to the regulatory function of adrenaline. Okay, adrenaline, um, what does it do? Well, it increases blood pressure. It increases blood glucose levels because your body needs energy to run. It goes, oh my God, I need, you know, some, a tiger's coming at me. It decreases insulin secretion, right? It decreases liposis in adipose tissue. So if you have too much of this going on, right? Too much cortisol, you're constantly putting it out, constantly under stress, you're, you're gonna start putting on adipose tissue. You stop burning up fat. This is why chronic stress is not, it, it can affect weight gain. If you're constantly under stress, you're gonna uh, decrease liposis, which is breaking down of fat. 
and it has the inhibition of allergy mediators from immune cells, okay? So histamine. So in this case, it can actually help mediate allergies, okay? So that's a good thing. All right. Now let's talk about adrenochrome. Everyone ready for adrenochrome? Should we take a little commercial break? Okay. By the way, everyone, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Welcome. Um, uh, everyone knows I'm running for United States Senate. Today's talk is really about looking at the molecular systems biology of adrenochrome and melatonin. We just talked, finished talking about melatonin, pineal gland, uh, the calming, um, you know, chemical in your body. Now we're going to talk about adrenochrome. Okay. Um, and by the way, Karina just put out if people um, want, by the way, uh, people should make a decision in their lives right now. If, if this is a come to Jesus moment. Okay. Do you want guys like me in Congress and the Senate, or do you want morons like Malarkey and Joe Kennedy, who's a 38 year old, 51 year old trust fund kid who wants mandatory vaccinations, top down medicine, whose uncle raised money for him, Robbie Kennedy, who says, Oh, I'm not for mandated vaccines, but he wants everything regulated. Do you want lawyers? By the way, he's a lawyer. Joe Kennedy's a lawyer. Marky's a lawyer. And then another dope that I'm running against is a lawyer. Sorry, I have to use these words, but that's what these guys are. Okay. So the question is, do you guys want an inventor, a scientist, a working class kid who came from nothing, who actually understands all this stuff and can explain it to you and educate you? Or do people want lawyer lobbyists? Because it is a lawyer lobbyist who got us here. It's the lawyer lobbyists who are involved in family separation. And I did a talk on this, how they literally take kids out of families, destroy families, put them in foster care homes. And apparently there's a lot of child trafficking that takes place there. Okay. And that's where this adrenochrome. Um, yes. Sagittarians are very blunt. That's true. Sagittarians are very blunt. We're very kind hearted people, but we're very blunt. Okay. Um, people need to realize this campaign is for the people. This isn't Shiva for Senate. This is the people for Senate because that's who Shiva represents. Yeah. And people like um, Jeremy here are working class guys who's out in central mass. He, he works with his hands. He's got a family. He collected nearly 3000 signatures for us. Okay. So we don't want Kennedys. Do we want Kennedys anymore? They don't represent, they don't represent us. And it's time that people realize we don't want celebrities. I don't want them. And if you do, go for it, okay? But if you want someone who's gonna fight for you, be able to talk chemistry, be able to understand physics, be able to do, do engineering, be able to go fix something, okay? Then you want people like me and Jeremy and you, okay? If I have a problem, I'm calling a guy like Shiva. I'm not calling a Kennedy. Okay, so. Let's now go to adrenochrome, okay? It's time, by the way, everyone should go to Shiva for Senate, support our campaign, volunteer. If you're anywhere in the world, if you don't know a friend or a friend's friends, tell them to go pledge to vote for us right on Shiva for Senate in Massachusetts. We must win this election. It is for you and your kids' future because Massachusetts is a, is a center of what we call the Clinton-Kennedy clan, KKK, the Clinton-Kennedy clan. They're the deep state here. And our winning here will be like a nuke went off for them. That's why we must win. And we're going balls to the walls to win here. Okay. That's what this is about. And we have to win because these people are not nice people. When you think about stuff like adrenochrome and what, what I hear is going on, these people are evil. 
we're, at a, we're at a critical point here. Liberty is going out the window unless we can protect it. So this is an opportunity to do so. And you deserve to have the authentic thing. We're the people who started the fire Fauci campaign. Then Johnny come lately, Kennedy came along after the fact because they want to always control the movement top down. This is a bottoms up movement. We don't want lawyer lobbyists. Get out of our way. We don't want you. That means bottoms up, get your butt off the couch and do your part. Everybody needs to get involved, spread the word and get your friends involved and get the word out. We need people to get out there and vote. Can't just watch it happen. It's not going to happen if people don't get involved. So it's about the people. So let's get the people motivated and get this done. Let's go to adrenochrome. Okay. This is an important discussion now because you're going to learn how what's really likely going on. So I'm going to give you, so you're going to get from an MIT PhD in biological engineering from a systems guy, not from some talking head, but I'm going to arm you now with some chemistry. So listen very carefully. Okay. We've learned about um, the pineal gland. Now we're going to go to the dark side. Now, adrenochrome, what is it? First of all, the chemical structure, as you notice, is very different. Remember, ad adrenaline looked like this, okay? It had this benzene ring with the OH. Adrenochrome looks like this. It's got this, but you notice this benzene ring is folded on itself, and you get this, okay? So adrenochrome is a stable oxidation product of adrenaline. It's a stable product that occurs from the oxidation of adrenaline. And it's a neurotoxic in vitro study. That's what an in vitro study showed. We don't have a lot of animal studies, but the in vitro study showed that it, 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 it causes neuronal cell death after the treatment with adrenochrome. Adrenochrome altered the behavior in animal studies. Some animals got hostile. Some animals got indifferent. Some got less catatonic. But indifference is a cool thing, I thought, Jeremy. Indifference means you don't care which means you may not care if other people get hurt. It's like a lack of a response. Lack of response, okay? But it, this indifference and hostile is what I thought was very interesting. It altered the behavior in animal studies. And adrenochrome produced schizophrenic-like hallucinations. Now, this is what I thought was interesting because in the Eastern system of medicine, they say if you don't get the kundalini working right and you play with it, you can actually become schizophrenic, okay? And remember, you're pumping... In that model, you're innervating the adrenal glands, all right? So let's go back here. So that's something I want you to understand. There's, there's a very interesting correlation there. Uh, it'd be an area of research. Now, this is what I want everyone to focus on. You may want to take notes. You're welcome to take a screenshot of this, okay? This is what's going on. Oops, I got to fix this. I don't like errors here. <laughs> Molecules, okay? <laughs> I don't like that error. Sorry about that, guys. Gonna have to okay. take some points off of that. Okay, sorry about that. You're gonna have to take some points off for me. Let me start off there. Just collect that there. Okay. So when you look here, what you're seeing here is there are two key molecules involved in the formation of adrenochrome. Adrenaline, superoxide. This is an uh, this this is a result of oxidative stress. Someone just asked me. This is what's called the reactive oxygen species. Look, when you're under stress, your body creates reactive oxygen species. This comes from superoxide dismutase, but the, the piece is missing there, so you actually have an oxygen-free radical. So here's adrenaline. So adrenaline, adrenaline plus 
this molecule through oxidation creates adrenochrome, okay? So the question I started asking is, could I understand this in the context of the observations people have been reporting? That they're taking a child, you know, frightening it, which means adrenaline, and then putting it under such stress that it creates adrenochrome. Because as I understand, and the people who know more about this than I do, is that the adrenochrome is being created by taking these kids, scaring them, fight or flight, and then torturing them. And that puts the body into a state that they create adrenochrome. So I wanted to actually explain this. And I believe to everyone here, I have probably the first explanation of this, how this is going on at the molecular systems level. Okay, you won't get this, by the way, from Joe Kennedy or Robbie Kennedy or Hillary Clinton. Um, Hillary Clinton may actually know about this for all we know. Okay, so what's going on here? Adrenaline. Now, there's if you look, there's when we did our systems analysis of the research, adrenaline is released in response to a stressful, exciting, dangerous or threatening situation. So here is the bobcat chasing that mouse. It hasn't caught him yet, but it's chasing it. Right. This is when that mouse, let's say. I don't know what they're potentially doing to these kids, right? If they're scaring those kids, okay? And chasing them around, right? Scaring the hell out of them. Um, it's like the bobcat chasing the mice. The body in this state starts producing adrenaline, okay? Yep. It's increased in, synthesis. It's increased synthesis of adrenaline, okay? And there's enough paper saying adrenaline response to stress. So we know under that kind of stress, adrenaline is created. Now, what I found fascinating as I did research over the last since people wrote to me um, uh, is that uh, that oxidative stress, which is different than this kind of stress, is highly correlated with anxiety. OK, anxiety causes accumulation of reactive oxygen speeches such as O2 minus. So this was one paper that came out, which is oxidative stress and anxiety. This was a role of oxidative stress and anxiety disorder. So let me tell you what this is like. Okay, this is what this is like. So to put it simply, you need stress and anxiety to create an adrenochrome. So there, if, if you're going to do this to an animal, be it a child or a, a, a lab rat, you have to put it under extreme stress and anxiety. And and that's what we're talking about. With just stress, you don't get it. With just anxiety, you got to have both. So this is what I would call extreme torture. <laughs> Okay, uh, because if you just have stress, you're not going to get adrenochrome. You have to have the stress and the anxiety. Everyone getting this? Everyone clear on this? Okay, so this is the example I like you to do. The, 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 lion, the lion is chasing the zebra. That's probably when adrenaline is being released. It hasn't got him yet. It's chasing him. Okay, but what about when this incident is occurring? This is when you're torturing the animal. You got it, okay? This is the anxiety. So this will release adrenaline. In my theory, this releases a superoxide, which is the, the, the reactive oxygen species, okay? So you need this and this. You need this and this. If you're just chasing it around, you get adrenaline. So if we wanna put it in perspective, you need the stress and the anxiety to get this. So you need both of this taking place. So I don't know what, you know, to me, this is stuff that I've heard, but it started connecting. They're probably torturing whoever they're doing this to. Mm -hmm. This is sort of torture, right? And if you keep doing this and it's sustained. Now, at least in the animal world, they probably do this quickly and get it over with, right? 
But if you assume you torture it more, you're going to get more of this species, more of this, more adrenochrome. So prolonged torture, more stress, more anxiety is going to get you this. So what I want to share with you, everyone, is I think I have a basis for understanding adrenochrome synthesis. Okay? And it falls in line with what people have been saying. They're torturing these kids. And, and so if you really think about it, we're here, we're talking about the base chakra here, right? The adrenal glands, which correlates again back to what we talk about in the Indian system, which is the Kundalini energy, which people say it's very, very dangerous. Now, I want to now switch back to the crown chakra, just to give you the contrast. Remember, the titles talk is there's a difference. This is a very interesting paper that came in Frontiers of Neurology. Um, it came out, you know, not that long, about less than 10 years ago. It says meditation and its regular regulatory role on sleep. And look at this. It says meditation increases melatonin concentration by slowing its hepatic metabolism or augmenting the synthesis in the pineal gland. Diurnal melatonin levels are found to be significantly higher. Remember I talked about Vipassana? Mm -hmm. I've done Vipassana twice. It's a 10-day retreat. You don't get to speak. It's, if, if you guys want to do it, it, it uh, send me notes and I'll tell you. I've done various meditation form. So this, look at this, diurnal melatonin levels would be found to be significantly higher, approximately 300 PG per milliliter than non-meditating. Look, that's five times higher. Five times higher amount of melatonin, that beautiful calming molecule in meditation versus non-meditators, okay? So I think I'm going to open it up to questions. Jen, I think you're there, right? This is the big takeaway that you can say that Dr. Shiva just offered you, okay? An explanation for this. An explanation so people don't think you're crazy when you say, well, the torturing releases adrenochrome. So I think I have a basis for this. And um, I hope this was helpful. And, and this is the kind of stuff that I will continue to do for you to, to take a systems approach to take an attempt at explaining things. But this is beyond left or right now. This is molecular systems biology. It's biochemistry, but I believe I've created a, a basis for a theory to understand this. Someone said adrenochrome is a ritual that has been used on kids. Well, if it is a ritual that involves torture, which involves a flight or fright response, the adrenaline and the anxiety, I think you can, uh, yes, Vipassana will change the world. Vipassana is an amazing, beautiful, beautiful program. If you don't know what Vipassana is, it was started by a wonderful man called Goenka. Uh, he was born in Burma. He used to get regular migraine headaches, and Goenka was about to go on all sorts of opioid treatments, and he met a wonderful yogi who, who told him to go to a 10-day retreat where you wake up at 4 a.m., you meditate until 9 p.m. without speaking. They feed you for three days. They take care of you like you were a monk. And then Goenka took that same practice all over the world. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. You go there. They feed you. They take care of you. Whatever you can give, you can give if you want, and you can't. You don't have to. But yeah, uh, yes, Vipassana 10 day back in February. I've done it twice. Every time I've done it, it has I had a profound experience for me. I, I want to do it one, one other time again. But let's take some questions. So I hope this was helpful um, to people. Jen, maybe you can bring up some questions. God came to this earth and may your spirit come to save the kids. Okay. What happens when you drink it? Does it actually benefit uh, adrenochrome? Someone said gives a drug high. I have not done it, but what I can tell you is that I, today's talk was to really let you know that I have found basically from 
the use of cytosol in the process, the formation of adrenochrome uh, is formed and a physiological or behavioral basis for its creation. I will do a follow-up on what adrenochrome does in the body. We're still doing research on this. It's very little done on this. You're a weapon against a deep state. Damn right I am. Damn right we are. This movement for truth, freedom, and health, all of us are. That's why if you've noticed, Mr. Kennedy had to do a hit job on me. They had him do a hit job on me saying that I'm a vaccine maker, that I work with Bill Gates, and that they have a guy called Buttass out there doing the same thing. Okay? That's what his name is, isn't it? Yeah, something like, oh, something like that. I may have the spelling wrong. But, <laughs> but they have him. He's Kennedy's boy. So, you know, that's what they do. It's a not-so-obvious establishment. We can't hear you on Facebook. Wow. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Jen, can we do something on Facebook? Sorry about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, he supports repealing vaccine program. Yeah. So the difference between me and Kennedy, big difference. I want to repeal John F. Kennedy's Vaccine Act. The 1962 Vaccine Act established, and listen very carefully, the entire CDC's Communicable Disease Center to create the guidelines. And by 1986, people were getting injured from the vaccines. So Kennedy, one, created the National Vaccine Act. Kennedy, two, Ted Kennedy, along with Orrin Hatch and Waxman, created the National Vaccine Injury Program. And by the way, a lot of these people were around Kennedy. They were involved. Robbie Kennedy, they were involved in creating the vaccine courts. Okay? And the vaccine courts were created to protect the vaccine manufacturers. Again, they brought more government regulation. They created the vaccine courts under the executive branch. Robbie Kennedy, and he, you go listen to his video, he clearly says, I am pro-vaccine and I want policies to ensure full vaccination, okay? Yeah, butt-ass is a not-so-obvious establishment, definitely. So is Robbie Kennedy. So, and, and by the way, his boy here, Joe Kennedy, is the obvious establishment who acts like he's not so obvious. But anyway, they're all one big Clinton-Kennedy clan. But the bottom line is, Robbie Kennedy wants to do vaccine safety, Okay, well, he wants to do vaccine safety because he wants to bring regulation. And you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. The not so obvious establishment uses regulation to act as though they care for you. And remember this principle. Regulation always helps to create monopolies. By the way, I don't know if you know, Facebook wants regulation because they don't want other Facebooks coming up. The banking industry loved regulation. Big banks loved regulation. You know why? Because it became so expensive for small banks to survive. We lost nearly 2,000 um, small banks. The left-wing, quote-unquote, Democrat, liberal elites, and even the establishment loves regulation. Robbie Kennedy wants vaccine regulation. I don't want regulation. I want all of it to go away. All of it. Big difference. Big, big difference. It destroys small businesses. And it takes power away. And it takes power away. It wastes a lot of money. Exactly. But it takes power away. It destroys a small. It makes big. Tobacco industry, by the way, I don't know if you know, they love regulation because then all the small organic tobacco makers went away. Okay? Mm -hmm. Big guys love regulation. That's why what Booby Kennedy's doing is quite insidious. He is helping Big Pharma because Big Pharma wants regulation. That's what's going on. Or organic food is not expensive to produce. Exactly. It's expensive to sell. Right. Right. 
Okay, what other questions? Can anyone answer me this? Jen, any other questions? Okay, as I'm waiting for questions, I, I'm gonna do a, uh, yes, is this why Planned Parenthood has backed a lot of political, yeah, let's talk about this. I did a talk yesterday with two, three, I mean, we had people call, by the way, we can take phone calls. Can we take phone calls? Go for it. Uh, okay, this is my cell phone number. You will not find any other politician giving you his phone number. This is Dr. Shiva. You can call me at 617-631-6874. 617-631-6874. Everyone go to Shiva for Senate, donate, uh, support the campaign. So we have Nancy Driver calling. Hello, Nancy. How are you? Hi. Hi. We are, you're live. We have about 4,000 people on. What's your question? Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Shiva. Um, I wanted to confirm, I worked at a large university medical center here in Texas back in 2006 and 2007, and I bought the lie my entire life that big medicine was there to help us promote health and wellness. And I had a very rude awakening when I was in the clinic leadership meeting and the vice president gave orders that everybody was to push as many flu vaccines as possible because they overbought and had a glut of the vaccines sitting on the shelf and they were not making money. So that burst my bubble big time right there. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. And what were you working? Are you still working? Were you a nurse there? What were you doing there? No, non-medical. And then I had a miracle healing experience. I had stage uh, invasive, invasive aggressive bladder cancer when I worked there. And I had surgery, but I didn't let them do anything else. And the arrogant surgeon tried to force me to take chemotherapy, and I wouldn't do it. So I found a wonderful uh, American man experience with Chinese herbs, and I healed. But those damn doctors, Dr. Shiva, did not want to hear one word about what worked and what was successful. It was like they were not happy because I didn't take their, their treatment, which was um, instilling into the bladder genetically modified bovine tuberculosis bacteria, which just absolutely freaked me out. And my whole spirit rejected that, but they kept trying to force me. So the bottom line, after about six months, they fired me. Yeah, well, yeah, so let me talk a little bit about that, but thanks for sharing that, Nancy. I appreciate it. Are you in Massachusetts, Nancy? Where are you from? No, I'm in Texas. Oh, okay, Texas. Well, let everyone know in Texas that you know, we built a movement here. We have to win in Massachusetts because um, what's fundamentally happened here is that we recognize one of the things of our campaign, if you go to, it's called the Health Rights Act. And the entire, the, the core, there's one word which des describes our campaign, decentralization. Decentralization, which means we believe people like you, Nancy, we believe our local practitioners. We believe that health emerges by us having a conversation with our practitioner, whoever that may be, it's our choice. The, the whole concept of top-down medicine, a few elites thinking, that's what Booby Kennedy really is about. He's really about that, and that's what the Kennedys are. That's what, you know, I just put out a little tweet you can see called the Clinton or Kennedy-Clinton clan. Look at all the people there, the, 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 the Gates, the, 
the the Podestas, the the Obamas, the go down the list, Joe Kennedy here. They all believe they're the elites. They know better. And what's happened is when we created big medicine, we also created a lot of middlemen. And to what you said, Nancy, what they want is that the middlemen today in the healthcare industry, people should go study these called GPOs, group purchasing organizations and PBMs, the pharmaceutical brokers. They control the supply chain of all supply within a hospital, about a half a trillion dollars worth of supply. They're the ones, they create shortages, they create you know, um, uh, non-shortages, right? Um, they're the ones who decide what to push. It has nothing to do with health. Nothing. Nothing to do with health. If they have inventory of certain cancer medicine, that's what they want to sell. It's almost like a restaurant trying to get rid of excess chicken. They're going to put the special out for the day, and that, that's what you get at the hospital. Yeah, most specials are the worst food. Yep. Because it's the stuff they have lying around. Anyway, thanks, Nancy. Sorry to hear about that, but thank you. Be well. Thank you for calling. Okay, we have someone from Maine. Oh, no, are you from Maine? This is Dr. Shiva, how are you? You're live and we have about, we right now about, uh, we have about 3,500, uh, nearly 3,600 people on. So please say hello and please ask your question. Um, hi, this is Deborah from Maine. Um, I was listening to your education about anxiety and stress and the adrenochrome. Um, aren't we eating, eating like levels of that when we eat meat because of abuse in animal farming? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, it's a very, very good question. So thank you. I'll answer that question. Um, so what what was your name? And your So Deborah asked a very interesting question. So let's go back to this equation here. Uh, Deborah, I'm just going back to the equation I shared. So the question Deborah said is, you know, this has been a question. If you eat animals, right? Are you not producing? Does the animal itself have uh, adrenochrome in it, right? If it was mistreated. If it was mistreated. So I mean, this is a long conversation, but in certain traditional ways that you hunted, right? And the way that you took life, there was a right way to do it, they said, and a wrong way, okay? One, and I, I haven't studied this enough. It's, a, it's an area to study. It's sort of a weird area, right? Because you're actually talking about how do you commit death, right? Um, and it's, that's what we're talking about. Now, in certain traditions, how they butchered the animal was done apparently in a way they talk about this, that you didn't create substances in the animal which were hurtful to us. Maybe that's where this comes from, Deborah. okay? I don't know yeah, enough of it. Yes, yes, right, so, so. High levels of cortisol and everything. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, the, the word stress actually comes from the work of Hans Sele, where he saw that when he was working in a lab, he'd take a rat out of the cage you know, to do something to it, to inject it with something. And when the rat accidentally fell, you know, on the ground and he was chasing it around, what he noticed was the rats in the cage got stressed out. So it's probably the stress is not only occurring to the animal itself, but to the other animals that are watching their brothers or sisters get abused. You see what I'm saying? The stress there's level. There's a, lot, there's a lot of correlation, I think, between humans, animals, and plants, more than we know. Yeah. Well, there's a wonderful book called The Secret Life of Plants, written by J.C. Bose. It's a wonderful book. Everyone should get it called The Secret Life of Plants. And what he showed was, I mean, he did actually experiments on plants, and people found it quite fascinating where if someone walked in angry, he could measure across the room certain electrical impulses in the plants. Or if one person wanted to cut the branch of one plant, right, 
the other plant was signaled. So anyway, there, I think the bottom line is there's signaling taking place that we're not fully aware of. Um, and some people could argue your plants getting stressed. Okay. But I think there must be a difference. I would argue with the way we do factory farming, there must be versus, you know, an indigenous person going out into the woods with bow and arrow and one shot taking out an animal and it, you know, and what right. There must be very differences, right? Okay, thank you. Good point. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Hi, we have someone from Pennsylvania. How are you? Oops, I missed it. Hello, who's this? Oh, hi, how are you? Please say your name. We have a bunch of callers, so you're live. Please ask your question. Nice to hear from you. Um, so, me too. I, I recently saw you on uh, Sam Tripley's podcast and I'll watch your brother. So, thanks for doing the work that you do, brother. Um, so I'm wondering if there's a correlation between uh, this oxidation of the adrenochrome and the iron content and the possibility to where if someone had the coronavirus, does someone that was using adrenochrome, does that increase the fatality rate of the virus? Or as you can call it a virus, because I know viruses are dead and everything else, but you, you, you know what I'm saying. Right. So are you saying some of these celebrities, is that what you're going after? Yeah, that's, I mean, there's, there's a tons of conspiracies. I mean, you can hear Sam typically talk about all the time. I'm just wondering if there's a correlation. Like, do you think that that is possible to where, since it kind of seems that adrenochrome would have a higher content of iron, and since iron at a certain dosage is lethal, would that be a correlation between the two? Yeah, I mean, look, I have to do the chemistry, right? Um, my attempt here was to really you know, go to the, the the chemistry here and to give a basis of this whole area of what's going on with if you have something really stressed out. And I hope that was helpful tonight. This gives a basis of that. Now, you're layering in the fact that I think what you're saying is if someone had adrenochrome, right? Right, yeah. So and, someone's and, taking adrenochrome and then has the coronavirus already or is or has gotten it. Yeah, I think what you're asking is will it lower their... Uh, basically does it strengthen their immune system. Is that what you're asking? Exactly. Yeah. Well, if you remember when I started this discussion, let me go back to this. There's a slide that I add on here when I was doing research on this, right? You right. see it says inhibition of allergy mediators from immune cells. This is quite interesting. Okay. So it looks like adrenal or adrenaline at least, okay, the precursor does have an effect at what we call an immunomodulatory effect. What we mean by Im immune modulation is that remember there's a thing called the cytokine storm which i've been educating you guys on where it's a weak so it looks like when it says inhibition of allergy mediator so it looks like definitely adrenaline has an effect um and it could be adrenochrome does something similar to modulating the immune system so it may be an immunomodulator which means people don't have as people basically you're, you're attenuating the cytokine storm that's just a theory okay from what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing here, so well, that's similar to like injecting someone with epinephrine. Yeah, which exactly, exactly, yeah, and 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 adre adrenaline is epinephrine. Okay, so by injecting epinephrine, you're modulating the the, his, the histamine response. So if you think about when you have a histamine response, that's when the body sort of violates itself, right? You're, you you have uh, allergies, right? Sneezing, etc. So in some ways, a cytokine storm is sort of an allergy on steroids. So I think what you're saying, from a logical conclusion, it makes sense. You know, I, I, I'll try to look into it. I mean, this is just a, by the way, this is a, this is just a beginning because I'm very fascinated by this. 
Um, and again, this is not something I wanted to do. Uh, we got thousands of email messages coming in of this when people really found out what Cytosol was capable of doing. But thank you. This, be well. Yeah, bye this bye. more or less validates the plausibility of the rumors people are hearing exactly. as being true. Hello, how are you? Yes, you're, you're live, so please introduce yourself and ask your question. Very nice to have you on. Yes, my name is Crystal, and um, I was wondering if you think that adrenochrome helps people stay youthful? Yeah. So, look, um, what I can tell you, right, is that um, it, it, it is definitely a very powerful chemical that is formed under certain conditions, okay? Um, it's and, and I can tell you from what I've studied from the Eastern systems of medicine, the adrenal glands, remember I told you in Chinese medicine? Uh, in, a, in Chinese medicine, the entire basis of life or sustaining life immortality was the Jing, okay? The Qi or the Jing, J-I-N-G. And it is believed that that Jing comes from your adrenals, okay? Okay. Supporting that. So if the chem, just like melatonin, right? So think about it this way. If you want to achieve enlightenment, you want to release melatonin into your body, okay? So melatonin is the, if you want to look at the chemical of heaven, okay? Because it's way at the top of the crown chakra. The, the way, the analogy I like to use is it appears to me that adrenochrome is the, is the is a molecule of the material world, if you know what I'm saying. Artificially fabricating the same results. Yeah, it's like this world, right? To to be living in this world for a long time, like quote unquote immortality, right? In a different way. One is immortality where you connect with God, potentially if you believe in that. The other is immortality where you connect with this world, okay? This material world. And it looks like if you if I link the my studies from Eastern systems of medicine, the traditional Chinese medicine, which is really about the Jing, which is grounding yourself here. And what I'm starting to understand, it looks like this chemical could be powerful for prolonging your physical existence, okay? Doesn't mean your spiritual existence, two different things, okay? Right, because remember, if you look at the, I mean, I used to watch those horror movies, vampires wanted to live forever, right? And so I'm finding this very interesting analogy when I look at the Kundalini system, when I look at the concept of Chinese medicine, when I look at, what's that? Is, is turmeric effective for anything? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, turmeric is good for you. Yeah. So yeah, there's some interesting things here. So I think the next thing I'm going to do is, to me, this has been very educational. I learn so much every time I run stuff through Cytosol, right? Um, I think I'm going to start looking at the pathways of where adrenochrome the targets that it is. The problem is there's very little work done on this. Okay. Um, well, listen, tell you must know. So listen, everyone out there, the way you can help us go to your body, your system, use the tool, purchase it's five, 10, whatever scholarship you want. Um, but for our campaign, since you're in mass and since you're in the United States, you can support the campaign. Tell people that you know in Massachusetts, if your friend doesn't know a friend's friend, that they should vote for us. And this is, I'm running as a Republican, but I don't care about the Republican Party establishment. We have to drive a Honda or a Chevy or whatever, a Toyota or a um, Ford, right? 
Um, so that's what this is about. But we have to win in Massachusetts and winning here will be a huge blow. Imagine having our movement in the United States Senate for six years. It's going to they're going to <laughs> they're going to have serious problems with us for six years. OK, thank you. Be well. Bye bye. Hello, Dr. Shiva speaking. How are you? Uh, it's such a pleasure to speak with you, brother. Great. Tell us uh, who you are and ask. Uh, let's let's talk. My my name is Mitch from Canada. Um, I just have a quick question for you because uh, upon talking and speaking about the five G technology and what it could potentially uh, interfere with us um, and the electromagnetic frequencies, um, somebody brought up the point. I think technology is is specifically in the non-ionizing radiation. Um, and it seems like people are separating the um, ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation. So if you could just clarify um, what effects both of those could potentially have on our uh, immune system. Yeah. Um, um, so first thing today, I'm not going to have a chance to go into all of it because it's a long discussion. Because um, what you're just bringing out is there's various types of electrom uh, EM waves, right? Various types of electromagnetic radiation. Um, radiation is essentially a big spectrum. Okay, we see a little piece in the visible spectrum. Um, there's things that are at high frequency as well as low frequency. Um, there's ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation. And the point you're bringing up is 5G's in the non-ionizing areas, right? Right, so each of these have different effects. And this is what the question with 5G is. Some people are saying it has an effect on the body and others are saying it doesn't, right? If you go down to the biochemical level, that's why I wanna move this discourse more to the piezoelectric area. Because what that gets into is really looking at how the ENM waves, um, electromagn the, elect the electrical part of the electromagnetic wave really affects a pineal gland. My, from the research I did back in the late 80s and 90s, my conclusion on this is that we need to go to the pineal gland to really understand broadly, and then we can go down at the cellular level. Because, what's that? I am, yeah, yeah, so what I'm saying is, what was interesting about this was, I went back and looked at the papers that I had, I went back into my files from back in 1983, 1990. And so I'm, I'm bringing that up to date. So I'll be doing a whole nother thing just on the piezoelectric effect on the pineal gland with the different radiations. Today was to really give people, like I always like to give people like a framework, right? Pineal, now I can go in two different directions. And as I'm talking about the pineal gland, I can be referring back to the adrenal glands and adrenochrome, right? You have to take a systems approach to education. Otherwise everything's a little piecemeal, but yeah, because the issue then becomes, if we're hurting our pineal gland, right? That's prop. that basically, but what are we doing? We're cutting off ourselves from our attributes of calming the body, right? Melatonin, all those things, parent, exactly. So does that mean we're offsetting the body where more of our energy is going back to our lower chakras? You see, this is, so we have to take a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. When people, the, the problem in the, the not so obvious establishment, any of the movements, whether it be pro or anti-vaccine, pro or anti-5G, they always have charlatans who get involved in these movements, 5G, 5G, 5G. And then remember what I just said, people like Bobby Kennedy 
are all about, and the Democrats are all about regulation. So when they speak about 5G, are they speaking about 5G because they care about health? Are they speaking about 5G to scare all of us? Then we create more government regulation and we create big telcos, okay? Because I can tell you... That, that point, just, just to add to that point, it's funny because just before coming to you, I actually um, was listening to Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. speak about uh, vaccinations and autism. So I ended up buying this book called How to End the Autism Epidemic by J.B. Handley. And, you know, funny enough, one of the first testimonials, it literally is the first testimonials on the back of the book, is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he has sourced throughout this book like you would not believe. He has sourced throughout this book as if he has, like, done most of the research. It, it, you know what? I will say this. There is fantastic research done into this book. But this idea of controlled opposition, I, I, it's blowing my mind because, you know what, I was, I believed in Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. before I came to you, and upon listening to you and what you had to say, I looked into this, and, and you know what, it's funny that information gets buried, because, you know, I really thought that Robert Kennedy was the truth, until I listened to what you had to say, but information gets buried. Well, look, that's what I'm saying. The establishment is, do you think they're going to give power to lowly people like us? A guy who came from India with nothing, people like uh, us on the phone. Do you think they're really going to do that? I mean, that would be foolish to do that. Right. So the thing is, what happened over the last, you know, I've been involved in activism all my life. I've been, you know, got all these degrees, you know, trained. They, they do not expect a guy like me with four degrees from MIT, with all the things I've done ever to flip on them. Okay, that's not supposed to happen, right? People like me are supposed to shut the hell up, do their bidding, make a ton of money and serve them. And we're not, and, and especially someone who comes bottoms up. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not bottoms up. He came from mama and papa from above, okay? His grandfather, let's remember, was the first uh, head of the Securities and Exchange Commission, okay? Go look at that whole family. And you have the great grandson who's running now, who's my opponent, who has 51 million bucks for having done nothing, inheritance. So when I got involved in the vaccine thing, I said, you know what, we got to build a bottoms up movement. It can't be about government regulation. And I started offering lectures. These guys have been involved in the movement 15 years. They lost in California. They lost in New York. And when I came to New Jersey, I said, we need to build a bottoms up movement. I'm talking about a militant bottoms up movement. Let's put the fear of God into them. People listen, that's why we won. People like Bugtree, okay, people like Booby, okay, they got scared of me. And the reason I call them those names is for a very particular reason, because these people think they're royalty. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Joe F. John, Joe F. Kennedy III. I mean, what is this, Edward Kennedy? I mean, I mean, they, they create these freaking names. What's that? Yeah, I mean, they create this branding, and they have people who take nice pictures of them, follow them. So I do those name calling, not because I like to do that name calling, because I believe these people need to, people need to lose respect for them. They don't deserve our respect. They've done nothing. They actually have done nothing except convince you how great they are. Okay. That's what people need to understand. And so when you look at the establishment, go look at who funded Highwire. Go look at the funding. I'm not going to tell you People, you'll find out it's a large hedge, hedge fund guy. I'm not going to say his name. And you'll notice he has investments. Guess what? In Vonage, 5G company. 
he has investments in a big pharma company. Okay? So do you think the establishment is that stupid? No, they're very clever. What they want to do is they have a guy like Booby, okay? Who talks a good game, like he cares for you. But what is his model? I'll play you his model right here. Let's just not forget this because this is a time for people, since we're talking about adrenochrome, let's talk some truth, all truth, because that's what we're talking about. Let me, this is Booby's actual statement, okay? Look what he says. Minister Farrakhan has asked me to address the issue of vaccines and African-American and vaccine safety. I want to start out by saying this, and I want to say it emphatically. I am pro-vaccine. I am. I have always been fiercely pro-vaccine. I had all six of my children vaccinated, and I believe that we ought to have policies that encourage full vaccination for all Americans. Okay. So now, when I played that, people are like, "Well, Shiva didn't. He cut it off. He didn't play the whole thing." But at the end of it, he says the same thing. And you know what he says in the middle? It's by the way. There's a click. He says, we need to have safe vaccines. We need to bring in the government. He was looking for a job from Trump. Trump didn't give it to him, okay? Then three months later, he started bad-mouthing Trump at Yale. This guy's all over the map. He's playing both sides. He's playing in Farrakhan. Someone said Farrakhan's the one who had Malcolm X killed, okay? So he's over there talking to Farrakhan. The main idea is that people buy into the vaccine because the vaccines in the IELTS behind them, they work. They protect you. They form antibodies. And so a lot of people... Well, I would presume that the science backs it up, but I mean, the issue that I see is the only way we're going to talk about this is if we um, distinguish between clean and dirty vaccinations. And so this is how um, the conversation has been brought up to further. So people that don't want to talk about it, we say, listen, we're not anti-vax. We're just, we want clean vaccinations, not dirty vaccinations. And so that's something that I actually learned through um, following Robert Kennedy's um, arguments about the vaccinations. And so this is one thing that I'm just bringing to your attention. Just yeah, look, the, the bottom line is, let me tell you how simple this, hold on, let me just take this. Hello, Dr. Shiva speaking. Are you from Massachusetts? Yeah, from Massachusetts. Yeah, hold on one second. I'm going to put you, I'm going to merge you with this other person and then I'll take you on right after. Is that all right? Sure, sure. Okay. Look, here's the bottom line. I, I want to make this really simple how you can understand the difference. Basically, are we a country that we believe that people can make decisions on their own? Which means by the time, I keep saying this, by the time everyone out there, all three, 4,000 of us listening to this, got up this morning, we made 100 decisions for ourselves and our families, right? What to eat, how to drive, you know, what clothes to wear, a whole bunch of decisions. The government wasn't involved. Now, imagine if the government could be involved in those 100 decisions, take a little piece of the action, okay? That's called regulation. So the fundamental issue is do we have a bottoms up society, decentralized, where each one of us make our own decisions and we believe in us, that we believe in our ability to have a brain and make decisions, or do we believe in boobies and, and the Clintons and the Zuckerbergs and the Podestas and the, uh, you know, whoever, that they are the only elites who can make decisions for us. And the way they do it is in two ways either forcibly doing it like the Fauci's and the Gates as forcible vaccination or through the much more insidious way using people like Kennedy, okay? Which is, yeah, I'm, I'm against vaccines when he isn't, right? And at the end of the day, what he wants to do is to say safe versus unsafe vaccines. You see what I'm saying? And then who determines that? The government, a regulatory body. And therefore what you've done is, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you've, you've brought in 
medicine even deeper into the government. And that's even worse because now people think, oh, yeah, the guy helped me get safe vaccines. No, the government shouldn't be involved in what goes into your body. That's what this that's what the insidiousness of the Kennedys and the liberal elite are. They try to sell shit to us like they care about us. Oh, we want to control the banks. Well, Dodd-Frank actually destroyed 3000 banks in this country. We all thought, oh, yeah, we got rid of the No, the big banks got bigger. Regulations always look, if you're a doctor and you go to medical school, act any doctor, you come up with noble ideas to start your family practice. Well, now you have to do so much regulations. No one can afford it. So they go join a big hospital. Regulations, big. Regulations, monopoly. That's what Booby wants. He wants regulations. That's what the Kennedys are about. All right? They traded, they traded social programs for industrial hygiene. Exactly. 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 So what they're doing is industrialization. It's like the medical industrial, like it's like the hygiene industrial complex now. Okay. And that's what we need to get. What's that? Thank you for the transparency. That will take you and, and the people towards the um, victory here. We have to win because we're at an inflection point. I mean, this is ridiculous. Everyone, we know masks. If you really want to boost the immune system, we got to do three things. We got to have more social connections. Okay. People, because we know when you have friendships and you laugh and you have social connections, you create more antiviral compounds in your body. You lower inflammatory compounds. It's proven. It's at the molecular systems level. Number two, sun, vitamin D. And three, the fresh, organic, dark, leafy greens, fruits, and vegetables. Okay. Vitamin A, vitamin D, social connections. No one's talking about that. No one. Say that again. You're a little bit muffled. Say that again. No, I don't know who Craig Sawyer is. Who is he? He's a, um, well, he's in special forces, but he's got a program um, un unveiling uh, child abuses. Wow. Really? We should tell him about us. Let's, let's have him come talk to us. You can, you can check him out on the internet. He's on the internet. Craig Sawyer? I think you need to get Buttar on your side, and I think you can do this. I really do. I believe you can get Buttar on your side. You need to get, but yeah, that is fact. Well, here's the thing. He supports, he called me up, and um, I asked him, why are you supporting, uh, I said, how can you support this guy, Kennedy? He voted for Hillary three times. And he goes, oh, that was that was before. And I go, well, he also endorsed his nephew, Okay. Well, well, no. And then he further went off and said, I, I have a head injury. So I don't. Yeah. So he's nuts. OK, this guy. And then he then he went to proceed to say, oh, I have six million views. You only got one million views. OK. Well, no, I don't have a pissing contest. Right. So what I'm saying is this is what the Kennedys like. They find idiots like him. They they they, they did the forward for the book for Judy Moskowitz. Our movement they're basically, the goal is to hijack the truth, freedom, and health movement, which is what we started. Now, you have to remember this and listen very carefully. His father did the same thing to the civil rights movement, okay? There was people like Malcolm X. There was people like people's names we do not even know before Rosa Parks. They went and found Martin Luther King. They anointed him as a leader. And what did they deliver? This is what the, the awful nature of what the Kennedys do is they think they are the leaders of everything. 
that no black people or brown people or poor white people on their own can be leaders. And I'm telling you, this is Butas. When he called me, I have nothing to do with him. He's part of that. Yeah, so you have to understand, I'm telling this very clearly. The day that everyone on this phone call, we don't need a lot of people, gets the, the insidiousness of the not-so-obvious establishment, we're going to have change like that. It's going to be over for them. It is the Kennedys that they use and, and these other little minions they bring around who are egomaniacs, okay? They find people like butt-asses, okay? Because they need them. They anoint them. And you notice it's always dark people or women, okay? They go find these people. Well, I'll come out there. Western Mass, you know, is a very interesting area. Yeah. Western Mass is an interesting area because you have a, I feel that there's a mixture of people. There's a people who sincerely are looking for knowledge and enlightenment. And there's a, another set of what I call the yoga Nazis out there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're very divisive people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they act like though they. I, I remember I was out there about a year ago. We were doing a, 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 a. I was running against Elizabeth Warren, and I said, "Let's really have a discussion about racism." And there were all these white liberals going in to hear Whoopi Goldberg with Warren. And one guy came over and he started calling me a racist. And it was very interesting. He say, he he has a, a T-shirt that says "liberal" and he punches me in the face because he. It was quite an interesting, it's, it's a quite an amazing photography. He's got liberal and he's hitting me because I dared call him a racist. And it turns out that this guy, you know what he does for a living? He's an artiste who draws pictures of Barbie dolls, black and white Barbie dolls. And that's his claim to how he fights racism. Okay. There's a pedophile ring out here, guy. I'm serious. I, I've, I've tried getting people to understand this and I've been wow. inside out. I've been... I don't even want to describe what's been happening to me. Well, uh, well, you know, we should we should talk about that. I've, I've got, it's, it's dangerous. I've been, I'm in a dangerous position these days, actually. Um, uh, I would. You have my number, right? Yeah. What you do is text me your number, and your because one of the things is that in in Massachusetts, the Massachusetts GOP party had a guy who was a social media manager for the guy I ran just. They caught him in a sting operation trying to get sex from a 14-year-old, okay? This is the Republican GOP um, within that party that a guy who was a social media manager for the guy who ran against me, guy called Jeff Deal. Jeff, you listening out there? This was your boy, okay? All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, text it to me. Text it to me, and then I'll get it. Thank you. All right, everyone, it's 11.03. Uh, I got a long day tomorrow, but it was great hearing from everyone. Uh, I think I'm going to have to decline this call. So if you're calling, I'm going to have to decline it because uh, we got to end uh, today. But um, let me just... Uh... Oh, someone's calling from Alaska. I got to take this call. I love Alaska. <laughs> Hello, are you calling from Alaska? Hello? Oh. I believe I got through. My name is Ricky. I'm in Kenai, Alaska. Hello. Hi, Ricky. How are you? Tell us what you want to talk about. You got about, uh, well, we got about 3,000, 3,200 people listening to you. Okay. I'm going to make this really short and sweet. I, I was wondering what your stance was on MMS, uh, chlorine dioxide, and CDS, and uh, 
Andreas uh, Kelto. And I don't know if you know who he is, but uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 were supposed to be on a show. There's there's a video that I did on MMS and chlorine dioxide. If you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you'll find it up there. It clearly has properties that we know outside of the body, right? And we've been trying to find the actual chemical properties, right? The mechanical, the mechanistic pathways for inside of the body. But I did a video on this. It's up on truthfreedomhealth.com. You should go look it up. Okay. I've been, uh, I've been studying this for about three years with my lovely bride and uh, killing, uh, killing pathogens in the body. And uh, I was just wondering what your stance was on it. That's well, I, I mean, it looks like it definitely has properties, you know, to kill outside of the body, right? In aquariums and things like this. So it to me, these things have to do with something very, very simple, but important called dosage. Okay. Anything, when you look at pro things like this, which can have these very, like, for example, we were just talking about arsenic, right? Or even mercury. Now, in traditional systems of Indian medicine, they figured out a way to make what are called basmas, which are micro levels of mercury, which actually turns out have powerful positive effects on the brain. This is going to sound contradictory, but they do. But if you go too much, they can hurt your brain. Similarly, arsenic. Arsenic at, you know, it's been Chinese and Indians use arsenic at low dosages to actually help heart function. But at, hide from Holland, but at two at too high dosages, right? It can hurt the heart. So what I'm saying is it really is dosaging um, and dosaging is a fine art. That's one of the reasons that I created Cytosol because we can actually see these dosaging levels, what they do. That's why in the body, you know, uh, I know what Andreas is doing, but I have to take, I, I, I'm a systems guy, right? So I go down to the molecular systems level. So we're understanding the pathways and figuring out what the dosaging is, right? It's really about dosaging. Exactly right. The dosaging and uh, Andres uh, has protocols for. Like I said, I've been studying him for a while, and he has protocols for almost anything that may ail you. I mean, that, that's the way I feel about it. And I was just wondering what your stance on was it. Yeah, I mean, my stance is it's a you know, like I said, it's a disinfectant inside the body. I'm still exploring the mechanistic pathways, and. It, Thank you. Well, thanks for calling. Be well. Thank you. All right, everyone. I'm going to take some questions here. Um, we have uh, for kids supplements. What do you suggest for anxiety and stress? Good question. Look, um, one of the most important things for all of this is you got to go down to the base level. Um, you know, one of the most important things is green vegetables, the deep leafy green vegetables are extremely good for modulating anxiety and stress, right? And you can look up why there's magnesium. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for anxiety and stress, magnesium. And I, I believe about nearly 60 to 70%, just like vitamin D, Americans are deficient in magnesium. So I would suggest go do a little bit of research on magnesium, a very important calming chemical. Um, in fact, you know, in traditional cultures, you would do you know, uh, an Epsom salt bath, okay? Even just taking your feet, soaking them in Epsom salt is an amazing way to relieve anxiety and stress. You know, you take some warm water, Epsom salt. Sounds like very, it's simple, but it's one of the most powerful ways to heal the body. Um, and it's also important to go organic with leafy greens. 
Yes. Uh, green vegetables are interesting because whatever you plant, they soak up everything from the soil. Everything comes in. Um, in fact, they use certain types of green vegetables to actually soak up, you know, heavy metals. So be very careful that what you, the soil that you're growing in and what you're growing in. Um, fenugreek seeds. We can do a whole thing on fenugreek seeds. Fenugreek seeds have, uh, uh, you know, there's been interesting stuff. Should men take them? But they have very powerful value in, in, a, in a female lactation. Um, but anyway, I hope that helps. But, you know, the vitamin D, the sun, I mean, these are basic, basic stuff. Vitamin D, by the way, what is that? Can you do too much vitamin D3? Look, the ultimate way to get vitamin D is from the sun, okay? 15 to 20 minutes of sun. But if you're under stress conditions, you know, if you're in the winter and you live in the Northeast and you live in Alaska and you can't get out, um, you, it's probably valuable to take things like cocalciferol, or you get it from the fatty fish. That's why the Eskimos and these people ate the fatty blubbers and, and those kinds of things, because it gave them the vitamin D3 and those things that they needed. All right, what's next? Is there anything over here? All right, well, I live in Mass. Excellent. Someone said, I live in Mass. Look, I'm going to wrap it up, but anyone who lives in Mass, this one is Joaquin de la Rosa. Great to hear from you, Joaquin. So this is how I want to conclude. I hope this content's been valuable. And this is the kind of stuff I will do not only now, but forever in terms of educating you and the commitment that I have to essentially always telling the truth, no matter how hard it is on me. But then I hope everyone will do the same thing. If we all stand up for truth, it's game over for the establishment. All of us. We And that comes with courage. It can't just be me. It can't just be Jeremy. It can't be one people. All of us. And think about this as a practice opportunity to win in Massachusetts because Massachusetts is a center of the deep state. It is where the Clinton Kennedy clan, KKK operate from, the Clinton Kennedy clan. This is their, they think this is their epicenter. So we have to win here. So I want people to take time to go to shivaforsenate.com. Um, I'm not saying donate me thousands of dollars. By the way, our average donation, just to let people know, is basically only 30 bucks, okay? And it's a broad movement. So go here, take advantage, donate to the campaign, you know, whatever you can. If you donate 25, you get the, this awesome book and your body, your system. If you can't donate 25, you notice, donate whatever you can, economic distress, donate five or 10, will still make it accessible to you. But it's a great ebook. You get to understand what is what, the basis of all systems, system and revolution, and then you get to use the tool. Those of you outside of the United States, you're not allowed to donate to a federal campaign, but everyone asks, can I still get the tool? Where well, here's a tool which lets you understand your body as a system, what kind of body you are, how your body can be disturbed from where it is, and then how foods, supplements, inputs can bring you back. It's a great tool. You actually learn a lot about health and nutrition from this too. Um, and doctors out there, a lot of people uh, can take advantage of. So, and by the way, there's a whole course offering um, that you can do beyond this. But everyone, we must win this election. It is not our election. I mean, my election, it's your election. So please go up there to, oops, did I not share that? Did I share that or no? Whoops, I didn't share that. Sorry about that. Let me share that again. There's Shiva for Senate. Can you see it? There you go. Yeah. So go to Shiva for Senate. If you click the donate button, you can support the campaign. You get the ebook and that. Um, and the ebook will really teach you sort of 30, 40 years of knowledge I learned at MIT in a simple way. 
You can also use a tool called Your Body, Your System, which I just went over. Anyway, everyone, thank you. I want to thank Jeremy for joining us. Jeremy, thank you for the chai. <laughs> um, and uh, let me know what other, you can write to me at vashiva at vashiva.com. Let all your friends know what we're doing. Anyone out there, wherever you are, out in the world, out in outside of Massachusetts, at least go right now and tell one friend of yours that you know in Massachusetts to go to Shiva for Senate and you can they can go to Shiva for Senate again. And if you go to the webpage here, there's one other thing they can do. If And it has to be Massachusetts residents. They can go right here, right on the top, it says, I vote for Shiva. So we need them to go here, pledge to vote for us. They fill this in, whatever party they are, they can fill it in to pledge to vote for us. Anyway, thank you everyone, it was a pleasure. And again, I hope this is valuable. Um, we will continue to keep the talks on adrenochrome, but our goal here was to really let you know, I think we have discovered a chemical basis for what people have been talking about with the fear and the stress, the bottom chakra, adrenal glands, pineal gland, the top chakra, melatonin, adrenochrome, there's a big difference. And that was really the title of the talk. Thank you, everyone. Be the light, be well, let's win this fight. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. I'll end on.